This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. with you that uh, that probably has been uh, paramount for me during the last few weeks. It's 2 Timothy 1 and 7. This is what it says. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Now, here's the thought. If the spirit of fear is not coming from God, where is it coming from? There's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy. That's the devil. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I want to talk to you about faith over fear. Faith over fear. You know, uh, many of us have certain fears. I remember one time reading about Johnny. Johnny was a little boy and Johnny was just scared to sleep by himself. And one night it started storming and Johnny got scared and he called for his mother and his mother came in and she tucked Johnny in and gave him the assurance that everything was going to be okay. And then uh, Johnny said to his mom, he said, Mom, will you sleep with me tonight? I am so scared. She said, Johnny, I'd love to, but I can't. I've got to sleep with Daddy. And Johnny said, that big sissy. Well, reality was uh, fear was very, very real to Johnny. And I am convinced right now, folks, much faster than the coronavirus is spreading, fear is spreading in our land. Now, the word fear comes from a Greek word, phobia. And it was interesting to learn that there are over 700 phobias, over all kinds of phobias. There's claustrophobia. You know, that's when you, uh, you're, you're in a tight space and you're just, uh, you're, you're, you're just fearful. Certainly there's no, no chance of me having claustrophobia today because I'm in a sanctuary all alone. But I want you to know, I can't wait, Rock Springs family. I can't wait till you're back here in this sanctuary. You don't know how much I miss you. And then there's a areophobia. Uh, that literally 25% of America of the American population. Areophobia. It's uh, people are scared of flying. Then there's glossophobia. That's people are scared of doing what I'm doing right now, public speaking. I found out that there's a globophobia. Globophobia is when you're scared of balloons. Some people, when they see a, a balloon, they just become frightened. Here's one. Tocophobia. It's the fear of getting pregnant. About, about 6 to 7% of the population have tocophobia, and it's primarily, of course, in women. And then here's a, here's a fear, 
homilophobia. Homilophobia. <laughs> it's literally the fear of sermons. Now, I am convinced that fear is all around us. It seems to me that everywhere you go, fear is just being spread, spread, spread. You say, Pastor, what's the balance with all this? I'll tell you the balance, folks. The balance is I'm going to pray. <laughs> I'm going to pray. I'm going to take my fears to God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to praise. I'm going to puerile. And I'm not going to panic. I challenge you to pray, to praise, puerile, but don't panic because God has not given us the spirit of fear. I want you to know something. When I was 16 years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I didn't totally understand Ephesians 2.8 that says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Through the grace of God and through my faith, putting my faith in Jesus Christ for the propitiation for my sins, for the atonement of my sins. I didn't totally understand, but my Christian journey began with faith. And my friend, if you're a Christian, I want you to know your Christian journey began with faith. It's always been by grace through faith. And I want you to know, when we get to the end of the way, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, I fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. See, this whole Christian experience, it begins with faith. It ends with faith. So shouldn't we exemplify some faith in the meantime? Shouldn't we exemplify some faith? Folks, I want you to know, Jesus is Christ is the same yesterday. The one who brought us through the past. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I want you to know, he took care of yesterday. And I want you to know, he's going to take care of the forever too. And I believe most of us are convinced that he took care of yesterday. And I believe most of us are convinced that he's going to take care of the forever. But I've got good news for you. He's going to take care of today also. And you can have faith over fear. I don't want to be like the guy that said, I took my pocket knife and cut the tail off a vicious lion. Cut the tail off a vicious lion. And somebody said, well, why didn't you cut his head off? <laughs> and he said, because somebody already had. I don't want to live a life like that because God wants you. God wants every one of us to have faith over fear. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God never tells us to do something without telling us how to do it. So when God said, I've not given you the spirit of fear, he told us three things. Number one, God has endued us with power. Notice again what the verse says. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. But of power. Acts 1 and 8 says this, but ye shall receive power. Well, Pastor, when do we get the power? 
after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. That word power comes from a Greek word dunamis. Dunamis. We, we, we get the word dynamite. That's an appropriate word. It's 120 times in the New Testament. We've been endued with power because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. I want you to know if you're a Christian, you may be quarantined, but the power of the Holy Spirit is with you. You may be a, 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 a Christian and you say, Pastor Benny, but, but, but I feel all alone. God's not a feeling. God's a fact. And I want you to know that he is with you. I read some verses this week that they just so blessed me. They were in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look what it says. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know what you are? You know what I am? We're earthen vessels. Uh, one translation says this. We have this treasure, the treasure of the Holy Spirit, in crack pots. It said all we are is a bunch of crack pots. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God said, I want you to know, you may be a crack pot, but the power of the Holy Spirit is inside you if you're my child. And I want you to understand something. If his spirit is inside you, we're troubled. Are you troubled today? On every side, you say, Pastor, it's coming at me from every direction. Financially, emotionally, relationally. It's coming at me from every direction. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Why? Because we have been endued with power, ladies and gentlemen. You have been endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you, Ephesians 5 and 18, he said to church people, by the way, he said to the Ephesian church, be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Maybe today, if you're just controlled by fear, you want to get off by yourself and say, God, I just need a fresh feeling of your Spirit. I just need a fresh feeling of your power. See, folks, unless there is within us that which is above us, We'll soon yield to that which is around us. And you don't have to be controlled by fear because you have been endued with power. You know, in Luke chapter 22, Peter, somebody came to Peter after they arrested Jesus. If you'll remember, Peter was falling afar off. And there was a young girl. The Bible says just a, a young damsel, just a young girl said, are you with Jesus? And Peter was so scared. He said, I don't even know him. I don't even know him. Three times because of fear, he said things 
that he wished he had not said. I, I don't even know him. But you know what was so interesting? In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, he had boldness. Another translation says Peter had courage. What made the difference? In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came. And I want you to know if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that God has endued you with power and you don't have to be controlled by fear because God is with you and God is more than enough. And if God be for you, who can be against you? And greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. God's endued us with power. I don't know about you folks, but that's good news for me. But not only has God endued us with power, God's enriched us with love. Notice what it says. God haven't given us, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. There's a verse in 1 John 4, 18. This is what it says. There's no fear in love, for perfect love casteth out fear. Now, for years, I had a problem with this verse because I would have fear and I would tell myself I'm not loving God enough. If I loved God appropriately, I wouldn't have fear. But that's not what that verse is talking about. It says there's no fear in love but perfect love. I'm not perfect. My love's not perfect. But God's love is perfect. God's love is perfect. And God wants you to realize that he loves you perfectly. <laughs> no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what mistakes you've made, no matter how many relationships you've been through, no matter how much time you've served, no matter how many drugs you've done, no, many, no matter how many lives you've messed up, I want you to know God loves you. God loves you. You know, confession's good for the soul. And I was in my office this week, and I just read John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And folks, I spent years traveling all over the world telling people that God loved them. But I want to be honest with you. I had a difficult time believing that God loved me. So this week, there in my office, I said, for God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son with my mess-ups, with my faults, with everything in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly. But God loves me. You say, Pastor Benny, I don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a husband to love me. I don't have a wife to love me. I don't have a mama to love me. I don't have a, I don't have a daddy to love me. I don't have anybody to love me. You may not, but I want you to know God loves you. God loves you no matter what. And though you may be going through a low time, 
I want you to realize that you are enriched with love. Because, see, folks, we love, but God is love. And God loves you. I think it's in the low times that we need to remember that God loves us and God hasn't forsaken us and God never will forsake, forsake us and we're going to get on the other side of this. I'm going to praise God on this side. I'm going to praise God in the middle of it. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord, and he's going to give us the desires of our heart. Oh, folks, I want you to understand the delight comes before the desire. We may not have the desire. We may not have the desire right now. Corona may not be gone right now, but we're going to praise the Lord right in the middle of it. We're going to lift our hallelujahs right in the middle of it, and God is going to see us through. See, it's when we're going through the tough times, we need to remind ourselves that God loves us. Let me, let me give you a scripture. It's in John. The Bible says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair and whose brother Lazarus was sick. These two sisters, they were very close to Jesus. And their brother got sick. And look what they said. Therefore his sisters sent unto Jesus, saying, Lord, behold whom thou lovest is sick. Notice, not the one who loves you, but the one you love. Realize today, you may be sick, you may be discouraged, you may be disheartened, you may have gotten a terrible report, but the Lord loves you. And you don't have to be controlled by fear because you've been endued with power, you've been enriched with love. But I want you to know that there's a third thing. God has enlightened us with a sound mind. God has enlightened us with a sound mind. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Folks, we've got to renew our minds. And the way we renew our minds is getting into the Word of God. It's getting the Word of God in our hearts and minds. It's, the Bible says in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. We've got to renew our minds. I, I love this. I love this. If the world controls our thinking, we're conformers. But if God controls our thinking, we're transformers. If the world controls our thinking, we're conformers. But if God controls our thinking, we're transformers. See, folks, I want to say to you, don't spread fear. Spread faith. Uh, if, if your voice, if you're a leader, and your voice is the same as everybody else's voice, you're not a leader. No, no, no. You're simply an echo. And what I say to you during difficult times, be a voice. Be a voice 
Don't be an echo. Be a voice that's spreading, not hysterics, but be a voice that's spreading hope. Be a voice that's not spreading spreading fear, but be a, be a voice that's spreading faith. Because, see, God has enlightened us with a sound mind. Now, let me give you a quote, and then I want to say something. I want to say something. Folks, by the way, for you tweeters out there, this would be a good tweet. When you change the way you look at things, it changes the way things look. When you change the way you look at things, it changes the way things look. I just want to say two things, two simple things during this time when I'm talking about a sound mind. First of all, the Bible tells us how we ought to think. It tells us in Philippians 4 and 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I challenge you. Listen, quit spreading fear. Do a checkup from the neck up and get rid of the stinking thinking because it's causing hardening of the attitudes. So what did I do? Number one, facts over fear. Facts over fear. Somebody said, well, Pastor, I'm, I, I, I'm watching the media. Let, let me say something. The media has different agendas. I want you to understand, many times the media has agendas and it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Let, let, me, let me give you some, some interesting facts. You say, well, Pastor, then, if, if, I, if you're saying don't watch the media, media what, 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 what do you do? Well, you can go to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, or you can go to the WHO, the World Health Organization, and you can get some facts. Let, let, me, let me give you some facts that might be of, of an encouragement to you today. Do you realize, folks, in our nation, in our nation right now, there are literally 3,242 counties. Now, Alaska has boroughs and Louisiana has parishes from the Catholic tradition. But 3,000 242 counties, six counties in the United States, six counties in the United States have 50% of the coronavirus. So when we say it's controlled the nation, everybody's got corona, friend, that is simply not true. That is not the facts. That is not true. I remember uh, Y2K, the, the world was coming to an end, remember? I was with a group of people that night on that New Year's Eve night, and when midnight came, I slipped down in the basement and flipped the breaker, <laughs> and they started screaming. They said, the, the world's coming to an end. But, folks, it didn't come to an end. And you know why I knew it wasn't, coming, wasn't going to come to an end? Because I found out 13 hours before when Tokyo 
went into the year 2000, nothing happened. I realized that 15 hours before, when Australia went into the year 2000, nothing happened. And I said, if Tokyo and Australia and Israel, which is seven hours ahead of us, if they're okay, we're going to be okay too. The coronavirus started in China, but they've gotten control. Let me, let me tell you some facts. 72,819 people in China recovered from the coronavirus. It's not a death sentence. Listen to this. They closed the last coronavirus hospital because there's not enough new cases to support them. There was a lady that was 103 years old in China, a grandmother who survived, and she was only treated for six days. The death rate for people over 80 years old. Wait, you said, Pastor, if you're above 80, it's a death sentence. No, no. Listen closely. The death rate for people over 80 was 14%. Now, I'm not minimizing it. I realize it's serious. But I want to say something. Our medical technology in America is much, much better than China's. And if China can get control, we're going to get control too. This is not going to last. God is going to see us through. God is faithful and God is going to be more than enough. I want you to see facts over fear, but I want you to see something else. That is faith over fear. Faith over fear. A man or woman of God is immortal until his or her work is done. During World War II, there was a Jew in a Nazi concentration camp. The surroundings of that concentration camp were horrible and deplorable. And there in the confides of that camp, six million Jews lost their lives this Jew wrote on the wall these words I believe in the sun even when it's not shining I believe in love even when there's no one there and I believe in God even when he is silent I remember I September the 11th I remember exactly where I was preaching in Alabama at a little church when I got the report and I started seeing images and one of the images I saw when that tower that first tower was coming down was this image and I didn't notice so much the tower but I noticed the faces. I noticed the fright on people's faces. And I noticed they were running from a tower. I don't know what your tower is. I don't know if it's physically. I don't know if it's mentally. 
I don't know if it's emotionally. I don't know if it's socially, socially, relationally. I, I don't know the tower that's controlling you. We all have towers. And we're running from them. And I, I looked at those faces and I thought, that's the faces of the people that I see. That's the faces of the American population. We're, we're, we're running from our tower. Then I realized something. Proverbs 18 and 10 says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. I don't know what tower you're running from, but I do know the tower that you can run to. Do know that you can run to the Lord because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous, we run to it and we'll be safe. So today, just realize you're endued with power. Today, please realize that you're enriched with love. And today, renew your mind. Because you've been enlightened with a sound mind. You can have faith over fear. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.